0: Okay, so uh, this morning we're going to spend some time uh, in God's Word. This is going to be a a much shorter message uh, than usual for a number of reasons. Um, What we're going to do is is look at a passage which wouldn't necessarily be regarded as a traditional uh, Christmas passage. Um, We're going to focus on John chapter 11 and verses 1 through to 44. Um, I feel God has led me to, to look at this passage. I don't necessarily know why he's led me to do this, but I feel it's an important passage for us to think about <coughs> on Christmas Day. So we'll see how God takes us time uh, and uses this time. So I'm going to read uh, John chapter 11, verses 1 through to 44. I'm reading from the CSB, Christian Standard Bible, and the words are going to be up on the screen. I'm just going to take a wee drink. Just this cough. So John 11, starting in verse 1, <clears throat> John writes, Now a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, The sickness will not end in death. But it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that, (coughs) he said to the disciples, Let's go to Judea again. Rabbi, the disciples told him, Just now the Jews tried to stone you, and you're going there again? Aren't there twelve hours in a day? Jesus answered, If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. He said this and then he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will get well. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus then told them plainly, Lazarus has died. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there, so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Then Thomas called twins, said to his fellow disciples, Let's go too, so that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and and is calling for you. As soon as Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, So that Mary got up quickly and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. When Jesus saw her crying, and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you put him? he asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Didn't I tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd standing here, I said this, so that they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. Amen. There's so much we could look at from this passage. You could even make the case that this passage could in and of itself be a sermon series. So we could do like three or four weeks thinking about all that took place within these verses. But if we are to get anything from this passage today, and particularly as we stand and as we, as we sit in Christmas Day, I want us to see that Jesus came to earth. Why it is that we celebrate this day? And he did so, so that he could raise Lazarus from the dead. We celebrate Christmas, Jesus came to earth, and Jesus did so, so that he could raise Lazarus. Of course, that's not the only reason why Jesus came to live amongst us. But what we see in this Christmas story, is in many ways paralleled by what happens here, between Jesus and Lazarus. So we've spent a long time, over the last four weeks, thinking about the Christmas story, and I want us to see if there's actually a connection between this Christmas story and what we see with Jesus and Lazarus. In the Christmas story, there was much misunderstanding about who the Messiah was. No question about it. People had the opinion, based on their interpretation of Old Testament prophecy, that this Messiah, this chosen one, would come with force. He would come to defeat God's enemies with brutal force, with strength, with might, Their ideas and understandings of the Messiah were completely contrary to who Jesus would be. And similarly, as we hear this account of the disciples, our conversation with Jesus in this passage, is it not the case? They completely missed the point of Jesus' purpose with Lazarus. They did not understand what Jesus was doing. Naive as they were, they actually thought that Jesus was going to literally wake up Lazarus because he'd fallen into a deep sleep. Now, we read this and think, that's, that's a bit daft. It's a, a bit silly from these disciples. But Jesus was talking about Lazarus falling into a deep sleep. And yet, more, we probably would do the same. We, and if we were in that moment, we most likely would, would also have a similar response To these disciples. In the Christmas story we know. There were many prophets and many people in Israel. And they were anticipating Jesus' arrival. In the 300 years before the Old Testament and the New Testament. Something we thought, thought about already within this sermon series. The people of God waited. And waited. And waited. And waited. And no doubt about it. Many of them thought the Messiah was late. They were expecting Jesus. This Messiah to come. He hadn't arrived. No question about it. Many of them would have been frustrated. And perhaps upset at the fact the Messiah hadn't arrived yet. He hadn't turned up on time. He had not arrived at the time that they were expecting. So they were both disappointed and upset. And is it not the case that we see this also in our story with Lazarus? Martha and Mary, they wait for Jesus. They wait for Jesus. They wait. He did not arrive at the time that they were expecting. And what they say to Jesus carries with it tones of disappointment. That he had not come within the time frame that they had hoped for. So Martha and Mary, wait, wait, wait. When they meet Jesus, they say, they almost hint at the fact that they are disappointed and discouraged that Jesus didn't arrive at the time that they expected. Just as a side note for us to ponder this morning, this, is, this passage is one of the clearest examples of the humanity of Jesus. Jesus wept. It says he wept. And he wept because such was the bond of love and friendship between Jesus and Lazarus. So the disciples were confused by what Jesus said. Martha and Mary were disappointed that Jesus hadn't arrived in time. And in a similar way, as we stand and as we sit on Christmas morning today, God's people were also confused by Jesus and by what he came to accomplish. Similarly, God's people were disappointed that he did not arrive in time, that they had hoped he would arrive at a particular time and he did not meet that particular expectation. All of which leaves us with the final part of this passage. Jesus comes to the tomb where Lazarus lay His dead body had been rotting in there for days. And with the word of God, Jesus himself says, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. The word of God transforms the physical state of Lazarus. And we read in verse 44, the dead man came out bound, hand and foot, with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. So the question I want to close with this morning, In light of this connection between this passage and the Christmas story, who is Lazarus? We've understood who the disciples were. We've understood who Mary and Martha were in light of this bigger Christmas story. But who's Lazarus in this story? The answer to that question is much broader and bigger than we think. The truth is that Lazarus is you and Lazarus is me. Each of us were dead in our trespasses (laughs) And when Jesus called us to come out of our tomb in a moment, we went from death to life. If we love Jesus today, that's a picture of our lives. As Jesus came to the tomb and said to Lazarus, Lazarus, come out. He also comes to our spiritual tomb. And he calls us to come out so that we move from death to life. So the Christmas story, therefore, is the beginning of our own Lazarus moment. Christmas is a moment that Jesus came to our tomb dead in our sins, called by God, and now alive in Christ. So praise God that we can actively and intentionally rejoice at this amazing gift of Jesus this Christmas. And I just want to leave you with the same challenge that I gave the children. Let today be one of your greatest acts of worship to Jesus. What an amazing privilege and joy we have to celebrate, to party together because of Christ. We have an amazing opportunity today to rejoice in Christ. We should be some of the most, we should be the most joy-filled people on planet earth because of all that Jesus has done for us. So let it be so this Christmas. Do you want to receive that kind of joy? As we thought about yesterday with the wise men, the wise men were overwhelmed with joy. May we experience that as well. And um, Our prayer for you today is that you experience God afresh in your life and your whole focus is reoriented around the person and work of Christ above and beyond anything that this world has to offer. So as we close, let me just share... (coughs) My voice is like falling apart here, sorry guys. Let me just share these words uh, from John Piper that tie in with all that we've looked at uh, this morning. And you may have heard this quote before, I have shared it in previous advents, but I'm always impacted by what Piper says, as he thinks about Christmas, and not just what we celebrate, but why we celebrate it. Um, it's not up on the screen, but let me just share this with you. So Piper says this, My counsel is to give all your efforts to making your children and to making yourself as happy as they can possibly be, with every kind of surprise that is rooted in the true meaning of Christmas. Let your decorations point to Jesus. Let your food point to Jesus. Let your games point to Jesus. Let your singing point to Jesus. Out rejoice the world. Out give the world. Out decorate the world. That's a challenge for us. We have a lot of folk in our neighbourhood who've got a lot of lights up. So I feel the pressure there for next year. <laughs> Let it all point to Jesus. If being Jesus-focused is a killjoy for your Christmas, you don't know him well enough. This is what Piper says. So let this be our testimony today. Let this be our testimony in all the Christmases that God gives us beyond this one. This morning on Christmas Day, uh, we also come to this table uh, without question. We come to this table recognizing that Christmas points to the cross. Amen. His death in the cross for you and for me, was made possible because he chose to live amongst us. It was on the night in which he was betrayed that Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you. And in the same way he took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. For we take this bread, we drink this cup and we proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. So we are celebrating Christmas today but let it be an arrow towards this table and towards the fact that Jesus lived, that Jesus also died to give his life. Let's pray together as we respond with a couple of songs and as we come to the table, if we love the Lord today, we invite you to come to this table and take this bread and drink this cup. So Father, we, we come before you with reverence and awe. We pray that, that we would understand this amazing truth that, that you called us to come out of our own spiritual tomb that we were dead in our trespasses and you granted us new life help us to to understand that if we haven't yet experienced that i pray that we would come to that place today that today would be the moment where we put our faith and trust in you and we pray lord that by your spirit we would know what it means to outrejoice the world as we have food as we play games as we have fellowship as we have friendship with those who we connect with today would you bless us Would you be with us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.